0: A number of years ago in Asia, a lady came to me. She was working in a bank. She was involved in trading, derivatives, investments, that type of thing. And a new deal came up in which you could be very personally involved and make a lot of money. It was very lucrative. It was very attractive. She'd been fairly recently baptized. But there was something about this deal that didn't seem quite right, and she wanted a moral opinion. And so she came to ask. And when she described what was involved, I had to say to her, well, look, this thing perhaps is not totally wrong, but it's not totally right either. And if you want to give an example of a good Catholic in the middle of the world, Perhaps it's better that you don't get involved in this particular deal, knowing that it was very lucrative. And without batting an eyelid, she said, okay, anyway, we're not just here to do business. We're here to get to heaven. I was rather impressed with that answer and that comment. She saw that idea with the Chinese clarity. We're here to get to heaven. What a good idea to have that would guide all our actions in this world. That's what we're here for. That's what we hope in. This meditation is about the virtue of hope. We can often talk a lot about faith and about charity. But sometimes we can forget about hope. And hope is a very powerful virtue. It's a virtue that keeps us looking up, particularly in situations that otherwise might lead to sadness, sickness, pain, death, contradictions, problems. Our Lord wants us to hope, and to hope in Him. And every time that we receive the sacraments, we receive an influx of the supernatural virtue of hope. It comes with sanctifying grace. We receive an outpouring of the virtues of faith, of hope, and of charity. And so one of the ways that we grow in this virtue is through receiving the sacraments. And every time that we receive the sacraments, well, we can... Ask for an increase in his virtue so that our souls may be full of hope and so that we can transmit that hope to many other people. St. Paul says to the Romans, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your faith so that in the power of the Holy Spirit you may be rich in hope well, often we desire to be rich in all sorts of things, particularly material things. But it's interesting how God beckons us to be rich in the spiritual things. which are the things that only God can give us, that this world cannot give us. What a great thing to be rich in hope. And to be able to spread that hope around so many other people. Pope Francis recently has talked about how there's a great emptiness in the world, a great spiritual emptiness. We have come to fill that emptiness with the treasures of hope that God has placed in our soul. I have told you this, said our Lord, so that my own joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. Hope leads us to joy. Joy because we look over, above, and beyond our immediate circumstances. It leads us to see that there is some other great force and power taking place here at work in the world, a divine power. It leads us to dream of all the wonderful things that God wants us to do in this world. And when we come face to face with evil, with sin, All the corruption, all the abortions, all the contraception, all the murders, all the drunkenness, all the betrayal. We know that with one Mass, we can wipe out all of that. We hope in the Mass. We hope in the Blessed Eucharist. We hope in the Church. That just as it has lasted for 20 centuries, it will last for all eternity, as long as God wants And so we have great reasons to hope. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, says St. Peter, who in his great mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's given us a new birth into a living hope. Every time we get out of bed in the morning and we say the morning offering, we make an act of hope. We hope in the graces of this day. Sufficient for each day are the graces thereof. We know God will give us enough graces to sanctify this day, to be happy this day, to see his hand behind everything that happens, to live out our life day by day, hour by hour. We hope in him. He will get us through it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. On many occasions in our Lord's life, he encourages that hope. Prayer is the language of hope. Leads us to hope in all moments, in all situations. The good thief on Calvary. He looked across And he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Strange words. Your kingdom? This was a criminal being crucified like them. But he looked across and he he saw a different reality. The crown of thorns had become a royal crown. The nails in his hands had become the scepter with which he reigned. The cross of wood had become his throne. And so he saw a king. And so the final words of the good thief were words of hope. Remember me. Beautiful words for us to say from time to time. And the answer of Christ was immediate. This day you will be with me in paradise. Christ didn't say, well, let me do an audit on your life. Let me see how much money it was that you stole. Let me uh, get a magnifying glass and really see, are you worthy of my kingdom? Rather, he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. He was rewarded for his hope. The psalm says, in God alone there is rest for my soul from him comes my safety he alone is my rock my safety my stronghold so that i stand unshaken it may be that in certain times in our life god sweeps the feet from under us leaves us hanging there because he wants us to look up wants us to learn what real hope is wants to teach us not to hope in the things of this world. Our health, our finances, our security, all those things that can be washed away in a moment. The whole of the pandemic that we're going through, well, it's like a, a global call to hope more in God and hope and trust less in the things of this world. If I should ever walk, In the valley of darkness, no evil would I fear, because you were there with me, with your crook and your staff to help me. St. Paul talks about patient in tribulation, joyful in hope. And so that hope brings us joy and peace because we look up to greater things. In the letter to the Hebrews, it talks about the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. On many occasions, in the Bible, the words, do not be afraid, are used. It occurs something like 365 times. The frequency with which words are used in the Bible is a Indication of their importance. It means that each and every day we're encouraged to be strong in faith and live with a Christian hope because God always fulfills his promises. God is not a human that he should lie, so the book of Numbers, not a human being that he should change his mind, that he speak and then not act. Does he promise and not fulfill? Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see what Yahweh will do to rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And in Isaiah, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be alarmed, for I am your God. I give you strength. Truly, I help you. Truly, I hold you firm with my saving right hand. And in the Gospel of St. John, do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God, trust also in me. Our Lord played a a practical joke on the apostles. He came to them walking on the water. They were scared out of their wits. They shouted it's a ghost it wasn't a ghost it was just jesus god may come to us in certain ways and we might have the same reaction but our lord immediately calmed them down take heart it is i do not be afraid and so all the time our lord is inviting us to trust in him I was coming home from saying Mass one morning and I turned on the BBC News and it talked about a certain person who had set up a cosmetic industry who had passed away. And I had seen that name written in big letters in duty-free areas of airports and many other places. It was an unusual name. I often wondered what was behind it. And here was this person explaining the. I think the individual had come from Hungary, went to New York, set up this cosmetic empire. And there was one person in the studio who was talking about the life of this person and what they had done. And there was a bit of a of a comedian there also who was sort of throwing cold water on things and said that, well, Vaseline ointment or rub ointment are as effective in removing your pimples, your wrinkles, or your gray hair as any of the foundational creams of this particular cosmetic business and so on and so forth and then at the end of the conversation this comedian said well really what this person did was to sell hope to people it's a rather interesting description of the cosmetic industry as though everybody needs hope and if you get hope and you put it into a tube or into a nice bottle and with a nice color nice fragrance and put a good price on it, and everybody will buy it. Well, later that day, I happened to see a picture in a magazine of a person, a lady who was very prominent in the 60s, but now she was almost 90, and the poor lady had more wrinkles than anybody I'd ever seen. I thought, well, she must have had access to all of those foundational creams, but it doesn't seem to have done her too much good. Moral of the story is not to put our hope in human things, in the things of this world, but our hope in God. Because you, God, are my strength. We do Deus fortitudo says in Scripture. And this is the opposite of discouragement or despair and pessimism. I heard a priest in Asia say once that young people today can be faced with a great pessimism particularly in the area of sexual morality. Don't fight against your passions. You can't win, give in. And so they need a lot of hope, a lot of encouragement. This virtue leads us to love where we've been placed. In this particular job, in this particular marriage, in this particular family, with this particular boss with this particular health or financial situation. This is where God wants me. This is where he wants me to be holy. And this is where he'll give me all the graces that I need. And therefore we can be very contented because we place all our hope in him. St. Maria liked to say that we should passionately love the world. It's a rather interesting phrase. You don't hear about people passionately loving the world too much. And at the time when he said these words, it seemed a heresy. You weren't supposed to love the world. You were supposed to escape from the world to be holy. And notice how he puts the adverb first in the sentence, passionately loving the world. He could have said loving the world passionately, but for emphasis, the adverb comes first. If you met somebody and they told you that I love chapati passionately. Well, you might be a bit surprised if they said passionately loving chapati. Or they would say, I love Manchester United passionately. Or passionately loving man you. Well, that's what he said about the world. We passionately love where we've been placed because that's where God wants us to be. With the difficulties and challenges of the world, The difficulties of our environment, of our profession, of our children, of our friends. Hope leads us to love where we are. This is where I'm meant to be. This is what I've been created for. This is part of my vocation. And therefore, hope gives a great youthfulness to the soul. You may meet older people who are very youthful full of vitality, full of dreams, full of enthusiasm. And if you've met certain teenagers, well, you might find them full of what somebody called the old age of the spirit. Oh, it's too difficult. Oh, it takes too much effort. Oh, I don't have time. I couldn't manage that. Hope gives us a virtue. Where well, we look over above and beyond the immediate obstacle. And the reason for our hope is Christ. He has risen as he promised. The resurrection is the gracious feast in the liturgical year. Because with this, Christ has conquered death. He's conquered sin. He's conquered the devil. He's conquered evil. The feast of hope that leads us to look to the future. We are an Easter people. And so we hope in Christ we come back to him in the Blessed Sacrament or on the cross so that he can fill our heart of youth with hope, even when things may seem bleak. It seems there's a custom when a new pope is elected that he has his portrait painted. <clears throat> and there was one pope where they assigned a well a modernistic painter to paint this portrait and he was full of all sorts of brushstrokes very avant-garde very modernistic and when it was finished the custom is that the pope signed it but when the pope came to see his painting he could hardly recognize himself it was so modernistic and so instead of writing his <clears throat> the signature there he wrote a phrase of scripture which was take courage it is i do not be afraid and so Christ comes to us in all sorts of moments. Therefore we can hope in the moments of the cross with our priestly soul to offer this cross to God in the knowledge that he wants us to carry it or offer it to him to bring some great fruit. We can have a lot of fortitude in hope. Maybe that God wants us to practice this virtue for a long time, or to be heroic in our practice of this virtue. We're told in Psalm 2, you are my child, this day I have begotten you. A regular contemplation of that phrase can lead us to a greater hope, and to the reasons why God leads us into a situation of hope. Children don't just believe in their parents. They hope in them for everything that they need, for everything that they want. Our hope in God is very well placed because God is omnipotent and he's also all goodness. The first temptation that the devil gave to Christ after his fasting for 40 days and 40 nights was a, a temptation not to hope. Not to see the hand of God behind the contradiction of being hungry. How could God be your true father when he allows you to be so hungry? So turn these stones into loaves of bread. If Christ rejected the devil very quickly. Hope gives to our interior struggle a a certain tenacity and firmness that faith alone cannot give. And so we can hope in God in our struggle to be better, to conquer our weakness. It's a virtue that leads us to begin and to begin again. Like a small child who's running to the embrace of its father but just learned to stand on its two feet and maybe halfway across the the floor it falls down, but then it gets up again. and Maybe it falls again, but it gets up again. On the way to Calvary, on the way of the cross, we see that Christ fell the first time, and he fell the second time, and he fell the third time. If those stations are ever renamed, they could be called. Christ got up the first time, and he got up the second time, and he got up the third time, can have great hope in our apostolate, particularly when it might seem that there is no fruit. When we try to sow seeds around us, seeds of truth, of beauty, of love, because God is love, and there's no reaction, but we know that those seeds will bring their fruit in due time. My chosen ones do not work in vain. And so we've no need for discouragement in our apostolate. It's time to launch into the deep, to dream break dreams, to be daring. We can hope in our efforts in our family life, the efforts we make to educate our children, to repeat things maybe five hundred times, and to get across certain messages or certain values that may be difficult to communicate. Or to penetrate with those ideas, and children don't seem to catch them. But the day will come when those seeds will go deep. We can hope in our work with its problems, its stresses, its tensions, its failures. We can hope in our times of rest. <clears throat> but the tiredness or the problems that we may feel at the end of a busy day or at the end of a a long work period, that God will give us rest. Our Sunday or our weekends will be a period of rest in order to work better or work more. Now with this period of rest, well, a lot of my troubles will will pass away. The solutions will come. And so hope helps us to maintain our serenity and our optimism before any difficulties that may lie in our path. In the achievement of the goals, the ideals that Christ has placed in our heart. And it makes us persevere with enthusiasm without becoming discouraged because we see that all things, even the difficulties, are for the good for those who love God. I knew a girl once in another country who did so well in her end of secondary school exam that she got into oxford and not only that but she got into law in oxford that was in december in february she developed leukemia in january she in, in july she she died at 19 years of age towards the end of that process she was in the icu with heart monitors respirators drips tubes everywhere and the doctors told her parents that time had come to turn off the respirator which is not a moral problem because if it's the only thing keeping the person alive it's no difficulty to turn it off but the parents found it difficult to come to that decision and so there was a family conference called and I was brought in to sort of mediate and there was a moment when I said to these parents well look what else does this world have for your daughter ICUs and heart monitors, respirators, trips, tubes. This world has nothing else to offer your daughter. But what is waiting for her? Eternal happiness. I was really grateful to the Holy Spirit for that idea, that particular moment in time. I hadn't quite thought about it like that before. made me realize the great hope and joy that come from the contemplation of the eternal truths of our faith. Saint Maria says, foster in your heart the glorious hope of heaven. It's very good that we think about heaven, we dream about heaven, where every tear will be wiped away, and that we want it for people. When our loved ones pass on, we may be sad for a while because we're human, But then we realize the great things that have been achieved. The joy that they have in the presence of eternal beatitude. And what eternal happiness means. It's a wonderful thing. And so we can ask that this virtue would help us to give ourselves daringly in the marvelous task of the transformation of the world which the Holy Father and our Lord are placing before us. May it lead us to discover that something divine hidden in the ordinary work of every day. And lead us to realize that if ever we have a low period, well, that's not a time to make life-changing decisions. Those times will pass. you see things in a new light. It's a virtue that's Fundamental for people who are trying to sanctify themselves in the middle of the world. Let's them see that they're there to transform this world into a situation pleasing to God. St. Catherine of Siena said, for those who believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father, then all the way home to heaven is heaven now. And so, Lord, help us to trust in you, in spite of our weaknesses and our sins. In the ford, we're told that Lazarus rose because he heard the voice of God and immediately wanted to get out of the situation he was in. If he hadn't wanted to move, he would just have died again. A sincere resolution, to have faith in God always, to hope in God always, to love God always. He never abandons us, even if we're rotting away as Lazarus was. When Lazarus heard the voice of our Lord, he could have just turned over and said, no, I don't want to respond. I'm happy where I am. Leave me in peace. I don't want to change. But he heard the voice of Christ and he responded. And so Our Lady of Hope will wipe away our tears in this Valley of Tears, particularly when we invoke her as our hope frequently. So Mary, Queen of Hope, pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.